Hi, I'm Liz Stokel. And I'm Debbie Rude. We're Dancing with Skeletons. We know what it's like to keep our past hidden away, like skeletons in a closet. We also know the healing that comes from acknowledging who we used to be and how much we've learned. So every once in a while, we dance with our skeletons. So come dance with us. Good morning, Liz. Good morning, Deb. How's life? Life is good. It's Thanksgiving week. It is Thanksgiving mm -hmm. week. So yeah. it's, I just was running around this morning going to get my turkey and all those fun things. Yeah, I did that yesterday morning. I got uh, some things yesterday morning. I thought before the stores get completely crazy. Although I cannot find, I went to three different stores looking for fresh sage. Oh. And I cannot find fresh sage anywhere. Wow. Uh, which is a little bit disappointing. So I might have to go on Amazon and see if they can send me something. Yeah. Some, yeah. yeah. Did you go to Whole Foods? I did. And Trader I did. Joe's? I did. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. Well. None of those places. I know if they, if they didn't have it. Um, and then I went to Winco and, uh, you know, I went to a couple of places. Mm -hmm. um, but anyway, so I did that. But I'll tell you what, I was in the store for about, I don't know, half an hour. And people were starting to just trickle in. Mm -hmm. And by the time I got out, I felt like I was being crushed by people coming Humanity. in. And, and a part of that is because of the pandemic, you know, you yeah. don't want to be too close. Yeah. But um, I have found that I'm just so anxious around big groups of people. Yeah. I, I generally am too, unless I'm on the stage. <laughs> then I'm fine. You know what? That is the, that is the truth. If if I'm going to be uh, around a thousand people, I want the spotlight on me, and I want to be well, on the stage. I mean, honestly, the spotlight doesn't even necessarily have to be on me in terms of the spotlight. I'm just safe up there. Uh, yeah. Right. I agree. I'm not. Mm -hmm. I agree, especially but, when I'm surrounded by people that I can trust to be to deliver their lines, and have your and, back, and to have my back and support me. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and that is the best thing about being an artist, being in theater, being a musician, mm -hmm. is that we are around people. Yeah. Who've got our backs. Yeah. And if we flub a line, mm -hmm. they don't want to fail. So they will pick up your slack. Yeah. And vice versa. And in musical uh, settings, the same thing happens. So, you know, say you're on stage with live musicians. And if usually, usually if someone messes up, there's someone there to pick it up. You know, I mean, there's, there's nothing more, I'll say, organically cool that happens when, you know, you've got five people playing live. Yeah. And it's it, especially this happens a lot in jazz music where there's a lot of improvisation that happens, you know, mm -hmm. and you don't really know what's going to go on. You don't exactly know what turn, you know, someone might take, but you're all so tuned into each other and I, that it works. And I know that happens in theater. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. That's the best thing about the rehearsal process is that you're getting to know people yeah. and you're getting to know their rhythms and exactly. understanding where they struggle with a line here and there. They understand where you're struggling with lines here and there. And by the time, you know, it's opening night, you have kind of thought through all the things that can go wrong and you're, mm -hmm. you, you never... 
you're never 100% prepared. No. But um, because always something goes wrong, things drop and break. Oh, gosh, I remember one time a kid broke a glass and, you know, I had to... Luckily, I was playing the mom, so it was very natural for me to just sweep it up. And people said, was that in the script? Yeah. Yeah, that was in the script. We plan on breaking a glass every single night. (laughs) Um, You know, it was interesting. We came in this morning wanting to talk about loneliness and being alone. and, um, And, boy, being on stage when you're surrounded by people that you can't trust... That is a very lonely experience. Yeah, it sure is. But it, when you're surrounded by people you can trust, um, loneliness goes out the door, doesn't yeah, it? it sure does. I mean, that is interesting that we started talking about that because that that is one place where I know for me, typically I haven't felt loneliness on a stage. I have felt supported and, you know, communicating, whether it may not be with language, but musically you're communicating and you're kind of connected and... And um, yeah. but then sometimes off stage, it's a whole different thing. So it and is, I, and we we all have experienced loneliness. I think, um, in different forms, different seasons, right. of time. And so, of course, during the last several months of the pandemic, there's been a lot of discussion about loneliness lots and, and lots, yes. people who mm-hmm. are alone. I mean, there's a difference between aloneness mm-hmm. and loneliness. Mm-hmm. You can be alone and not at all feel lonely. Exactly. Um, you can be surrounded by thousands of people and feel incredibly lonely. Mm-hmm. Um, so, But there's been a lot of talk about loneliness. Yeah, there sure has. During this time. I actually have... And I'm I'm not one of these people, but I I have several friends who the the pandemic hasn't really affected them much because they're pretty much reclusive. They're more comfortable. They and so it hasn't been a big deal for a handful of folks that I know. Right. Then there's others that it really has affected, and people are depressed and kind of anxious and and all of that. Yeah. My so, husband is one of those people that has really not been affected because the only thing that affects him is that I'm around more often <laughs> and that bugs him. <laughs> um, <laughs> but he works from home mm-hmm. and has worked from home for, you know, 20 years. So th- for him, this is just normal. He's got, he's still working. He's got his yeah. meetings that happen, yeah. you know, via Zoom or before that it was via FaceTime or whatever. Right, right. You know, so he's been doing this for a long time and he is very structured and he gets work done and when he's done with work he just as soon pick up a book and spend some more alone time you know because using all those words throughout the day is kind of spent him (laughs) (laughs) I I remember one time doing a some kind of a church thing and they would they did they told you how many words a man used in a day and how many a woman used and the woman was like three times as much as the man and it was pretty funny. Yeah, I actually did a television commercial about that one time where all I did was walk into the room and just said, you know, I just read that a man uses 15,000 words a day and a woman uses 45,000 words a day, but I don't think that's true. Do you think that's true? <laughs> and for the whole commercial, all I did was talk and he just tries to interject by lifting a finger and he can't interject. And um, oh, it's all true. about, on this particular channel, they were doing talk shows. You know, they had uh-huh. four or five talk shows in the and said, want more talk? <laughs> Check our <laughs> station, whatever. That's but awesome. uh, so yeah. So well, uh, how's it? How 
for you, Liz, I mean, what are times in your life where you have really experienced, you know, loneliness? Well, I will tell you that one of the skeletons in my closet, I think, is my shame, embarrassment, or whatever, over how I've handled loneliness in the past. Okay. Um, there have been times when I've been extremely lonely and have made bad decisions because of that loneliness. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I'm talking about just being over busy and neglecting my family or, um, you know, becoming involved in relationships that were unhealthy, mm-hmm. you know, those kinds of things. And all of it is to fill up the loneliness. Yeah. And I wish that I had spent more time getting healthy instead of so much time kind of running away from the loneliness. Mm-hmm. Um, so those are, those are some hard things uh, for me kind of um, to deal with is, is some of the bad choices that I've made because of loneliness. But it's also made me incredibly empathetic towards people who are lonely and understanding where they're coming from and understanding why people make the choices that they make. Mm-hmm. But some of my loneliest times have definitely been, um, you know, when I've lost... Uh, uh, like community, maybe? Community. Like, when I've lost community. That's the perfect mm-hmm. word for it, when I've lost community. And, you know, the community... Think about a hurricane. A hurricane might come in and wipe out um, an entire, you know, two, three, four blocks of a city or half of a city. And the people then lose their community. They don't just lose their home or maybe they don't lose their home. But in addition to whatever personal losses they have... They might lose the supermarket where they go on a daily basis or a weekly basis. They might lose their dentist, right? You know, whose office is completely destroyed. They might lose their hairstylist, right? That's, you know, I, I, that's a really, really good point. Yeah, and that's their community. Mm-hmm. And so, for me, when I have lost community in the past, it wasn't just good friends. There were a couple of people that I felt were good friends that I lost. But it was the people that I saw on a regular mm-hmm. basis. Just yeah, the the familiarity of people and yeah. and your routine and right. going to get your coffee and saying right. hi to the people and right all, all even that. the drive mm-hmm. you know to and from a, a place of business where you no longer work or a church where you no longer attend even that drive you know you're used to seeing the same yeah. the same things sometimes you see the same drivers and you're right. just like oh there's that. There's that big green truck again, you know, yeah. and it just, it just feels familiar. Mm-hmm. And when you lose that, um, it can be incredibly lonely. That's really, yeah, I, that's, that's really a good point. I've, I mean, I don't know that I've really thought much about that. So, but I can totally see that. And actually knowing people that have lost their homes and I have two people, um, one, one in particular, super, super close and yeah, it, she she and her husband had a home that actually uh, they had roommates. Mm-hmm. They had they had a couple rentals mm-hmm. on their property, and they were really good friends with the the two renters. Right, and they had community with those renters. And this fire came and took everything, and now it displaced 
their community of their renters and 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 the, really the whole street. Right. You know? And it happens just like that. Just like that. I mean, in a fire, mm-hmm. these fires that have hit California, mm-hmm. it you know, it happens just so quickly. And you don't have time to, to grieve. And really the pandemic has, had, has has kind of had that same effect. I have a friend whose last day at work was, you know, like so many of us, was Friday, March 13th. Mm-hmm. And um, she has not because of some pre-existing health conditions uh she was not able to go back to work for months and months and months and um now she's been forced if you will into an early retirement okay because the 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 place where she worked is just no longer able to support her coming back. I got you. So there's several people that are in her situation that were really Mm -hmm. close to retirement. So instead of coming back, they're, they're, they're going to go ahead and give them an early retirement. So that means that she did not get that opportunity to, to say goodbye. Right. To have a big retirement party. Celebration of her time there. Right. Or knowing that we were counting down, Mm -hmm. you know, to her last day, being able to say goodbye to people, talking to the customers and saying, hey, I'm I'm leaving, you know. Yeah. All those kinds of things that you miss out on. Yeah. Because of of kind of the way our world has evolved in the last several months. Makes me think of, um, ah, this just crushed me because I had two high school seniors who didn't get to do their prom. Right. Didn't get to walk in graduation, didn't get to do senior senior grad day yeah. at Disneyland. I mean, right. all, all those those kind of milestone things that happen in your senior year of high school. Well, and having people it, just write in your yearbook. Yeah, you know, yeah. have a great summer. Yeah, you know, see you next year. Stay in year. touch. <laughs> Party all summer. <laughs> <laughs> and all these phone numbers and all that, you know, all of those, all of those things got um, got kind of taken away yeah. from us. And I think that the loneliness factor has really hit a lot of us, really, you know, like overnight. Yeah. Um, and and for me, like I said, I've been through these kinds of experiences before, where I've lost my entire community and on March 13th that was my last day at work it was my last day at work at the theater it was my last day teaching I haven't been it was your last day in choir it was my last day in choir (laughs) yeah all of those things that I was doing you know up until March 13th Mm -hmm. um are all over right a a lot of it will come back um but it won't come back the same and so then we have okay I mean it won't yeah, it won't. It won't. It won't. After a year of, of mm-hmm. being on hiatus, mm-hmm. you know, we don't know yet if the theater's going to be able to come back. Yeah. Um, and it's really, you know, you, social media can help with loneliness, but it can also make you feel very, very isolated I and know. very alone. Yes, uh, I, I have someone very close in my life and who just will not go on social media. She can't. Right. Because it's just too triggering for her. Yeah, it just brings up too many things, and and it's it. I, social media, like you just said, it can be extremely isolating, and it's. I mean, it can be so. It's superficial in a way, and mm-hmm. so it gives you a false sense of 
of relationships and security, I suppose, for some of some people. Mm-hmm. But for other people, it's just it's damaging. Mm-hmm. And I don't know how to find a happy balance, even for my own self. Sometimes I find myself getting upset on there and, you know, but then it feels weird to not be on there. I know. It's like, well, well, then I'm lonely. I don't have my Facebook friends. <laughs> Well, and, you know, there's a mutual friend of ours who just had breast cancer surgery a couple of days ago. And if it wasn't for social media... I wouldn't have even known. I wouldn't have known either. And so those are the kinds of things that you want to know. I have another friend who has had some uh, complications because of diabetes. And I was so grateful to to, to know that and to be able to reach out in a way that I wouldn't have been able to reach out. Right. Well, I think, too, I think Facebook provides an opportunity for for people to reach out in a more safe way. I think some people, so, I mean, you know, in my own personal loneliness journey, and I've, I've definitely had patches, I think that sometimes when a person is lonely and kind of hurting, it's scary to reach out. And Facebook somehow feels like there there's a barrier between you and the, whoever you're reaching out to. It's not so intimate. Right. It's not as intimate as picking up the phone and saying, Liz, I'm really going through a hard time. Can you come over and talk? Mm-hmm. I mean, that's harder than to put on Facebook, I'm having a hard time, everybody. Please pray for me. Right. And then, you, and then, of course, that vulnerability means that you've opened yourself up to comments that may make you more lonely and may make you more depressed you've got those people out there who are like oh get over it right and oh you don't know what hard times are right you know those kinds of things god will make something beautiful out of it thoughts and prayers Mm -hmm. you know hashtag blessed (laughs) you know those are all things that that can of course work against you um, but that reminds me, a couple of years ago, my husband was laid off of a job that he'd had for 20 years, That's and it was it was very hard. You know, it was, it was a complete <laughs> shock. It was completely out of the blue. No one, you know, he didn't expect it at all. But after a few days of being in this really scary place, because we're at a stage in our life where we still need to keep working, we're not ready to retire, mm-hmm. um, and yet... We're old enough so that finding a new job can be also kind of scary. Right. You know? Right. So I was very scared. And there have been times in our life when things have been darker mm-hmm. as far as what's going on. But we had a plan. Right. You know, we had a plan of attack. Well, this is happening. This is happening. This is happening. But these are the steps that we're going to take to kind of, you know, right to, to kind of fix this. But when this happened, and it was completely out of the blue, I was terrified. I mean, more frightened than I've ever been before. Because what's the future going to be? How are we going to eat? Right, Mm -hmm. right, right, right. And so after a few days, I, of course, you know, my husband and I talked about it. And I said, you know what? I, I need to put this out on social media because I need some support. Mm-hmm. And I didn't know who else to reach out to. Yeah. And my Facebook friends, as I air quote, um, <laughs> you know, the majority of them are, 
are incredibly kind mm-hmm. when there's something difficult going on. Right. And so he uh, agreed. He's, he's a lot more private than I am, but he agreed to go ahead and let me do that um, because he knew that I needed it. Right. I needed support. He himself was terrified. He was scared. He was, you know. Mm-hmm. But he knew how much I needed sure. uh, something that he couldn't give me because he also was in a dark place, right, right? Right. So I went ahead and put it out. And of course, people were very kind and said, you know, I'm thinking about you. I'm praying for you. And that helped. Yeah. Yeah. And it, it, it has for me, too. Yeah. Honestly, it has for me, too. I just I think it's for me, it's sometimes easier and then you, you do, you get a lot of lovely comments, and it, it does give a sense of encouragement, but I don't know that it's the same as reaching out to a friend and saying, hey, I really could, I need to talk, you you know? Right. Because that just right. sometimes, somehow seems scarier. Yeah, it really, think, well, and I think because of, of social media, we've lost the, even the skill to even do that. I think so. I think, I think so. There's a, there's something that's, I don't know, something has shifted in our ability or our our courage or whatever, I don't know what the word would be, in, in, to, in doing that, in right. reaching out. So what, what has been some of the loneliest times <clears throat> in your life? Well, I mean, really, in, in, in my first marriage, and, you know, I, I'm going to say this, and I'm going to say also that he and I are like best friends now right and I can and I can say that and I'm married to somebody else right and, and I can say if something was wrong and my husband now wasn't around I could call Greg and he would be there I, I genuinely believe that and it's funny though when we were married I felt lonely mm-hmm. a lot I really really felt lonely and like you I did some really stupid S-H-I-T. <laughs> <laughs> to try to fill in to, that. To, to try to f- yeah. fill that in. And it, and it's things, Liz, never was like big adultery kind of stuff, but it was emotional, mm-hmm. little, you know, wanderings. Mm-hmm. And um, really, those things will come to my mind from time to time still and kind of haunt me. And I think, oh, oh, you know, and I think my loneliness, it, it, you know, I used to think it was because Greg and I didn't connect. And while there's truth in that, mm-hmm. you know, his personality type is his and and mine is mine and I need more, you know, um, but I, and so I used to think it was all his fault. of course you know it's all his fault it's always always the other person's fault but but now you know now being uh gosh it's been 13 years um 13 years out a lot of therapy in there a lot of other kind of mixed experiences in there I've I've really really grown up Mm -hmm. a lot Mm -hmm. and there is no way that it could be all one person's fault. Right. There's right. just there's absolutely no way. And there's really no fault in it. 
I think the reality is, is this, we just have different emotional needs Mm -hmm. that we weren't able to recognize and understand back then. And I kind of feel like had, had we been able to recognize those things and understand kind of more what was going on, we may still even, we may have made it, right? you know, because, because we have now, now we're in a place where there's no expectation between us. And so now we can communicate more solidly and it's, it's different than the dynamic has shifted. And I think he kind of felt lonely too Mm -hmm. in our marriage. Mm -hmm. You know, I think we both felt lonely because we both just didn't know how to, to, to connect that way. Although he is much more of an introverted person and does not require the intimacy in terms of just having daily connecting places social connections yeah yeah i mean he's a theater guy and loves the theater and and has all of that kind of like you mm-hmm. you know and and loves all of that but at the end of the day he doesn't re- need to have someone sit down on the couch and talk right <laughs> like right. i do <laughs> so yeah you know I do too. so but yeah i think mm-hmm. i mean and I think there were also times when I was a child when I was lonely. Mm-hmm. Um, I think just the the way I grew up, I it wasn't the greatest, mm-hmm. like we've talked about a little bit. And I think I became acquainted with loneliness very young and kind of in my own thoughts, mm-hmm. uh, young. Mm-hmm. And... Um, so, but now I, I I haven't really felt lonely in a long, long time. That's awesome. You know, I mean, yeah. I I really haven't. Um, I I now know that it's not my partner's responsibility to fix m- my loneliness. Mm-hmm. It's really not. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's my responsibility if mm-hmm. I feel lonely to kind of sit sit in that loneliness for a little bit and go, okay, well, what's going on, Deb? You know, what's going on? Instead of just immediately wanting it to be someone else's fault, what's going on with me? And, you know, being silent for a little bit and, and trying to listen. Because it's, it's usually something about you. Right. And, and I wish, I do. I wish I would have understood that when I was a younger woman. I really do. Mm-hmm. And, um, well, I think you sharing about your relationship with your ex-husband is something that we can all learn lessons from because um you know because somebody else is not meeting our needs because somebody else is not acting or reacting in the way that we think that they should Mm -hmm. doesn't mean that they're a bad person no and it doesn't necessarily mean that it's about us right you know and that we can still find something to appreciate and we can still find something uh to love about them um i'm reminded that we um we are responsible for what we do, exactly. But we're not responsible for how our actions um, make someone else feel. That oftentimes is about them. Mm-hmm. However, if something we've done hurts somebody, that's right. It's very valuable to know that, yes, and to understand and why they feel that way Mm -hmm. and if you love them you're going to stop doing that I'm not going to feed my husband liver and onions because he does not (laughs) like it 
And so why would I do something that I know offends him or hurts him um, or my children or anybody else for that matter? And I think, too, sometimes, and we touched on this earlier, is that sometimes, sometimes you, you, you do things, you have behavior and and you know you you shouldn't be doing that, but it's almost like you can't help yourself because of whatever weird thing is going on inside of you. Right. I wish I wish there was a way that that could be understood better. When right. I think so many times when people do make bad choices and behave badly, it's just so automatically dismissed as that that person's awful. You know, instead of really trying to understand what's going on with that person. Right. You know? Right. And and recognizing that there's brokenness. Yes. That, that there might be, they, they might not feel well. Right. Um, maybe their blood sugar is low. I mean, there's all just kind. all kinds of things from very temporary situations. Maybe they've just gotten some bad news Two very long-term situations like being lonely or mm-hmm. yeah. you know, being sad about a situation. You know, I um, have a very large extended family. Um, and one of the things that my uh, sister, my sister's in-law, have done on a very regular basis over the past 20 years or so is gone on these wine um, winery trips where they've gone wine tasting. Do they get a chauffeur? <laughs> well, <laughs> I don't know because I've never been on oh, any of oh, these trips. Oh, oh, okay. And that that is kind of, you know, the, the story I'm going to tell okay. a little bit about being lonely. Um, they do these trips fairly regularly. They've probably done 10 over the past 20 years, something like that. And I am a contract teacher. Prior to March 13th, I was a contract teacher, and I taught the arts, uh, theater, and sometimes dance, and every time I get a contract, I am specifically required to work a a certain number of hours, but even more than that, at certain times, Okay. because I work with teachers in the public school district, so I have to work according to their schedule. So I might be scheduled to, to teach it you know, school A on Mondays and Tuesdays and school B on Wednesdays and Thursdays and maybe I have Fridays off. Or the next year I might have Wednesdays off. I mean, Mm -hmm. you know, the contract changes every single year. And so these winery trips are planned by three of the the members of the family. Um, One who comes in from out of town and one who has small children and one other one. And so they're planned by these three. And then the rest of us get a text that says, hey, on Wednesday, you know, four days from now, we're going on this this wine tasting trip. Let us know if you're in. Okay. And so, of course, uh, everybody else has the opportunity to take a sick day if they want, or to take a vacation day, Mm -hmm. or to take a personal day. I don't have that luxury because I'm in a contract. I don't have sick days. I don't have vacation time. Oh. You know? What happens if you are sick? Well, if I'm legitimately sick, of course I'm not going to go in and infect these people, but I still have to make up that teaching day someplace else. I got you. A. And B, um... 
I'm not going to, you know, if I'm legitimately sick, I'm not going to go on a wine tasting trip. <laughs> so, you know, and make them sick. So yeah. I only take sick days if I'm legitimately sick because otherwise you have to make I, it I up. have to make it up. And that's hard on everybody. Sure. Because then you have to work yeah. on all these yeah, schedules. Yeah, I can totally see that. So I have asked before, um, hey, I don't work every single day. Could we maybe plan these, you know, one of these trips on, on a day that I'm not working? And uh, the answer that I got was, sorry, we have to, you know, think about the majority. And um, I'm like... Well, since you've never asked me my schedule, <laughs> how do you know if I'm not yeah. in the majority? <laughs> right. Um, now, I, I need to say that I know, that I know, that I know that they are not leaving me out on purpose. I know that I am not being neglected, mm-hmm. you know, <clears throat> or excluded on purpose. However... It's now been like 20 years, 10 trips, and I've never been on a single one. And so when they are together, and there's many (laughs) sisters-in-law, when they are together and they say, hey, remember when we went to such and such? And you're like, wah, wah, wah. Exactly. And that is extreme loneliness for me. Those are moments of extreme loneliness. I've had many, many, many of those. Yeah. Now, my husband, who I'm married to now, um, I don't know if this is something that he made up or how he heard it, but have you ever heard of the term FOMO? (laughs) Absolutely. (laughs) The fear of missing out. (laughs) You know, I have that. I get that. Often, that's what it makes me think. Yeah, you know, I I don't know where that came from. Where did FOMO? Oh, FOMO I mean, it's a it's a social media thing. Okay, I had never know? I had never heard it. I I thought maybe he made it up. I don't know. You can tell I'm I'm not in the in the in the hip loop. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and LOL means what? Loving out loud. Laugh out loud. <laughs> like out loud. I know. I know. Lick out loud. <laughs> Um, but yeah, the FOMO thing is, is, it's real, it's real, it's it's real. And it does. And it really, really, really does give you this weird pit of, of loneliness. And And it's really not funny. And, and we say, you know, FOMO, it, social media is often used it, you know, for like people who, you know, wish, see pictures of big houses and are like, I, why don't I have a big house? You know, it's associated kind of with jealousy. Yeah. Um, and and for me, it's it's not jealousy. It's it's, it's loneliness. It's loneliness. Mm-hmm. Um, when I see even pictures on Facebook of you know family members mm-hmm. who have visit visitors from uh, you know other family members, right. and they're like, so and so came to see me, and I'm thinking, I live three blocks away. Why right. why wasn't I called? Um, I I I have many of those. Right. And I right. Think, yeah. And I think it's really important that we understand that we are all connected. And uh, this pandemic, you know, there's so many people that are trying to encourage us to understand how connected we are. Mm -hmm. When you go to the grocery store, you are breathing on every single person that you come in contact with. Mm -hmm. This is why they want us to wear masks. They want us to stay six feet apart because we are Are. not disconnected. We are a connected 
you know, human human race, human race Mm -hmm. from all over the world. And we're like in one big, um, you know, sea of humanity. And everything we do affects everybody around us. That is so true. It's so true. And it's so as lonely of a time as it can be for some of us, we have to respect and be aware and cognizant of other people around us because Mm -hmm. talk about ultimate loneliness, someone you love dying because, you know, of of not respecting this pandemic and what's going on, you know? And so um, it's troubling. Imagine that instead of contracting the virus, imagine that you could contract love. Imagine that what you're spreading out there is just love for somebody. And when somebody says, hey, you hurt my feelings by, you know, not including me in this, instead of saying, well, we've got to think of the majority. Well, you know, you missed out. Why not just say, gosh, I didn't think of it that way. I'm so sorry. I just want you to know that I love you. Yeah. You know, what if we spread love like we do the virus? Exactly. You know? I, I remember when this thing first happened, when this when this pandemic back in March, I posted on social media <laughs> something like something, some words of wisdom that words, everybody yeah. that changed everybody's yeah, lives. It, it didn't go viral, you know, but <laughs> but it was something to that effect of, you know, what if love could spread as fast as this this thing is spreading, you know, and I don't know why it seems sometimes so hard. Yeah. I, and, and, you know, I think people, if people could just stop for a minute, for five minutes, just stop mm-hmm. and sit in the quiet and just have a conversation with your own self and your own soul and try to come in touch with the really realization that, we are all connected. We are all the yeah. same. We all want pretty much the same things, I think. When it really gets down to it, nobody wants their loved ones to die. Nobody wants there to be violence and crazy, you know? And a lot of that does come from lonely people mm-hmm. and desperate people mm-hmm. and, you know, just not feeling like you have any kind of control or answers, but you do. You have the ability to to come close to your own self and ask yourself, what's really going on? What can I, you know, what do I really need? Why I don't need to be hateful. I don't need I, I can spread the love like the virus. So what can besides how can we spread the love? What what can we do? What can we look for in others to see their loneliness, to recognize loneliness, and and how can we combat it from our own little worlds? Do you- well, as as goofy as this is going to sound, <clears throat> uh, about a couple years ago, I wrote this song called Love Glasses. <laughs> I know it well. I know you do. <laughs> and, you know, as goofy and, you know, people have told me, Debbie, you're so sentimental, you're so... <laughs> and, and, and I probably am, to a fault. But, you know, if you imagine a pair of sunglasses, they're heart-shaped. heart-shaped. I really, really do try to, when I go out into the world in the morning, if I have a busy day, today I do, mm-hmm. 
to just try to approach people with love. But I go into it, I really do try to go into it consciously. Like, you know, I'm going to go out. There's going to be crazy people driving. There always are. Mm -hmm. So I can choose to not let it make me mad. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I can choose to... You know, this morning when I was in the, going to get my turkey, there was a lady who was didn't have a cart, and there was another lady who did have a cart. You know, and you come around the corner, and sometimes you don't see each other. Mm-hmm. And the lady with the cart over was apologizing to the other lady. She kind of, she didn't hit her, but... And the one lady was just, I'm sorry, just rude. It's like... You know, like, okay, so you can't see all the time. I mean, it's not, she didn't, she wasn't trying to run you over. Right. You don't have to have that instant reaction of, ah. Right. You know, it's all right. I know, I mean, think that people are good. Go into your day out into the world with the idea that people are good. They're mm. not out to get you. Not everybody is an ass. Right. You know? I so want to put one of those bumper stickers on my car that says, don't be a dick. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's the truth. And I it think is. You, you make a very good point. There's there's little ways that we can spread the love and spread the kindness um, every single day. We can apologize when we come around a corner. And if somebody doesn't receive that apology, <laughs> that's not on you. Uh-uh. But just saying to them, I'm so sorry, I didn't see you. Um, when you're done shopping, take your cart and put it with Back. the other carts. Yeah. Put it away. Don't leave it just, you know, willy-nilly in the parking lot. These are ways to kind of show other people that you're That's caring right. for them. That's that right. you recognize that you are not alone right. on an island. I'm just not out in the world just, you know, plowing through and not thinking right. about anybody. But I think... I do. I think you have to have that in your consciousness, mm-hmm. you know, of, of how I want to I want to treat people the way I would want to be treated. Right. So I don't if someone's going to accidentally bump me over in the supermarket. I mean, my my initial reaction might be ow or whoa, but then I would go, oh, it's OK. Mm-hmm. No worries. I, I, I know you didn't mean to kill me. <laughs> So one of the things that I get asked all the time, because I'm very tall, I'm uh, very close to six feet tall. And in the grocery store, I have people ask me all the time to to get stuff off the top shelf. And, you know, there are times when I'm in a hurry Mm -hmm. um, and I could say, I'm sorry, I have other things to do. But I was created to be six feet tall, there are things that I can do specifically yes, there are. that other people cannot do. Mm-hmm. And if I have the opportunity to make somebody's day a little bit easier, right. you know, why not reach something off of the top shelf? Right. Just yesterday, I was asked to get a plant that was hanging, you know, up high. Somebody said, I'm so sorry. Could you? And I'm like, don't apologize. This is this is why I'm born. This is why I'm on this planet, you know? And I think that every one of us have opportunities to make a little a, a little indentation in this in this world. If everybody imagine just if everybody did that. Yeah. 
Like just that part. Just that. Yeah. You yeah. Don't, doesn't mean you got to go do anything else. Just the little stuff. You know, I, I so. you know, I encourage everyone who's listening to go to YouTube and look up Debbie Rude Love Glasses. <laughs> R-U-U-D Love Glasses. Um, you you will not be disappointed because it really is an incredibly simple thought. It is. It's a very simple, catchy little tune. Um but it says some big things. Mm-hmm. You know, my neighbor was, you know, not not in the best place. And I'm going to look at him differently. I'm going to mm-hmm. look at him with love glasses. Yeah. And um, I think if we looked at our family members with love glasses, as we uh, talk to them, as we communicate on Facebook and mm-hmm. stop calling people names mm-hmm. because they don't think like we think, exactly. etc. Well, it starts with putting your love glasses on and looking at yourself. Yeah. You know? Absolutely. Got to look at yourself and love yourself, people. You got to love yourself. Absolutely. And then you can share the love. Absolutely. Well, let's try to combat loneliness. Yeah, I was going to say, let's let's not have lonely Thanksgivings and holidays. Let's reach out to our loved ones, however we can, on a phone or on a Zoom or however we, if we're able to do that. And, Mm -hmm. um, yeah. And love each other. And love each other. Yeah. All right. All right. I'll Have see a great you. day. Yeah. I'll see you next time. See you next time.